Hello, everybody, and again, thank you, Janet Lee. Wow. Well, this is uh, three in a series that we've had of these old, old, old songs. And I I'll tell you that there were several that, that Janet played today that went back to, to the 1700s. And so these are really old hymns, and, of course, uh, the, some in the 1800s. So they're, be they're beautiful. There, there is a a simplicity of their uh, harmony, and uh, it's, it's quite touching. So hello, everybody out there, and thank you again, Janet Lee, and hello, everybody. Uh, we are ready to get this ship on the road. Uh, there's the song that says, I'm going to take a trip on a good old gospel ship. Well, one of these days, uh, not too long from now, we're going to be taking you on such a trip. And uh, it's going to be awesome. And we've told you about that before. But uh, it's not the time yet. We, um, we've got to get some of these eye-opening revelations out. And um, by the way, there are, there are interesting things in the Bible about eye-opening. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get into a whole bunch of these things uh, today, no doubt. So um, be excited. Uh, be ready. Uh, you know, um, we're going to um, we're going to uh, concentrate on subjects that will <laughs> they will take you to the fringe. They'll take the, you to the fringe of the things you believe. They'll take you to the fringe of your spirituality. They'll take you to the fringe, uh, the fringe of of, of revelation. Uh, they will uh, affect you. You, uh, as you come to believe these things, uh, you will never be the same. You'll, you will be changed because uh, you will no longer uh, be able to, to, um, to lean into the ideologies uh, of many things that have been taught and believed uh, and are, are uh, you know, firm doctrines in, you know, a lot of uh, religions and churches and... Uh, so it's it's going to be quite quite a thing. Uh, I, I of course will not be able to finish this whole teaching uh, of uh, the opening of the eyes, but uh, we will get you as far as uh, as we can. Okay. So today, analog with angels, part thirteen, and the prayer that we are that we are receiving that is to be infused into the words of this teaching is very, very different. And uh, it is a prayer about uh, appetite and, and that you will um, begin to have an appetite for the foods of, of your body that your body needs. And um, someone will say, oh, well, that's impossible. Well, no, it isn't. Uh, when um, a woman gets pregnant, a strange thing happens to a lot of um, pregnant women. They begin to have appetites for things that they normally don't have an appetite for. And one of the reasons is, is the body it creates through the hormone system the cravings uh, because it's, it is trying to get the body to, to put into its system the things that are needed for the pregnancy 
and 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 the and the future delivery of that of that pregnancy and so uh that is a thing that is actually natural it can happen in the body well as you are getting into this divine revelation as you are getting into this holy manifest word you are becoming pregnant with the word of God, with a, a, such a sensational word as you had never thought you could come into. It didn't even enter into your mind, as the Bible says, you know, the, 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 the joys and, and the wonderful things of God that have not even entered into the minds uh, of, of the people who even, who, who are, even the people who are believers in Jesus Christ. Still, there is so much that has not entered into the mind. So that is going to be the infusion, this appetite. And if you find yourself suddenly having an appetite for unusual things, well, take heed to it and, uh, and you know, give it a consideration prayerfully uh, because uh, this prayer may be, uh, you know, inciting or exciting upon you uh, some, very, some very interesting things. Uh, so we want you to. So we want you to um, to really, really uh, get this revelation. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, I I guess um, I said part thirteen, uh, and I and I might be one ahead. Uh, we may be only in part twelve, but um, <laughs> it must be that it's going to take at least two of these teachings to get this eye-opening message off to you, probably 12 and 13, or maybe that's just a, a lame excuse for starting off giving you the wrong uh, number. But uh, wh whatever, it's all right. <laughs> it's okay, because we are really going to open it up. There's an interesting scripture in the book of Haggai. And the book of, of Haggai is uh, just before the book of Zechariah in the Old Testament. And it says in um, chapter 2, and only, there's only two chapters in Haggai, and verse um, 19, oh, let's start with verse 18. Consider now from this day and upward. You know, I, I like that. Consider from this day and upward, not consider from this day and forward. Consider from this day and and upward. So I, I would like to encourage you that when you start considering beyond today, that you consider from your today upward uh, and and uh, not just forward, because forward might be just a reiteration of the same thing. But when you consider from this day upward, eh, it puts you in a different category, because there's the category of, of everything that is the same that happens under the sun, but then there's the category of those things that are not the same that happened from above the sun. So um, here we go. Consider now from this day upward, from the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, even from the day that the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Now, there are religiosities, there are religions, there are denominations, there are different faiths that people believe. And um, and people talk about the f their faith, which means their religious doctrines. Uh, but you know, uh, I don't think that 
the majority of people have any idea what the real meaning of the word faith is. I think they use it more along the expression, either being the things that they believe or, and quite much more frequently, use it as a hope. And so they say, I, you know, have faith in God. Uh, what it really translates to, to meaning when you apply it to how these people are, are, are thinking is it just means have hope in God. Hope, be hopeful that when you pray that your prayer will be answered. Be hopeful that your dreams will come true, that you aspire for. Be hopeful that your yearnings will be fulfilled. But you see, the real truth about the word faith is actually quite different, quite different, um, because the Bible says that faith is the substance. So let's just understand that faith is just not a puff of air. Faith is just not some uh, vain, hoped-for idea or, or wish. Faith is a substance. So when you really get this thing called faith, you will have a substance, which is the proof of what you say. So when uh, Moses was challenged by some of the hierarchy within his group, that was aspiring to go to the promised land, uh, there were those um, priests in the, in the hierarchy that uh, felt that he was um, putting himself too much above all the rest of the people and becoming too great of a leader uh, and that that leadership and, and, and that fame should be shared. So they challenged him. Now, uh, Moses didn't say, well, you know, by, by faith, and I mean hope, here's what I'm hoping for. All you people that don't believe like I believe, and you're against me being, being uh, the leader set down by God, you get over in that area, and all the people that will follow me and believe come over in this area, where I'm at. So people separated themselves. Then Moses says, now all you people that have not believed, the earth is going to open up and swallow you. Now, someone would say, well, wow, that was great faith. I mean, wonder if it wouldn't have happened. No, uh, you're wrong. That was not great faith. That was great substance. Uh, 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 not, uh, it was faith as substance, but not faith as hope. He wasn't wishing that that would happen so that they, they could shut their mouths. He wasn't hoping that that would happen. He was predicting and knowing that it would happen. And that's, that's true faith. That's the substance of, of what, what real faith is. He had the substance. He had the authority to say, you step over there, the ground is going to open up and swallow you. And when, it, when they got over there, the earth did open up and swallow them and went down wholesale into the earth. That is, that is real faith. That's substance. Authority to say something and have it happen. Now, uh, so, so, you know, um, when Jesus would tell people, you know, that, that uh, they didn't have faith, uh, he was telling them, you know, you don't have the, the substance of, of, of what real true belief is. You, you just don't have that. And so you don't have the goods, you know. And so Jesus would often say, according to your faith. Well, that's such a powerful thing to say, because if you don't have the substance, then you don't have the goods. So let's go on with the scripture here. You know, the foundation was just laid, and then here's the questions that were asked in verse 19. 
is the seed in the barn? Do you have the seed in the barn? Do you do you, barn? Do you have it in the silo? Do you have the substance? Yea, as yet, the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate, and the olive tree hath not hath not been brought forth. From this day, I'll bless you. I'll bless you so that you can bring these things forth because they've got to be brought forth. And that's what we are doing. We are bringing forth because, you see, all of these things, while there is a literal aspect, there is a literal vine, there is a literal fig tree, there is a literal pomegranate, there is a literal olive tree. But there is, even more importantly, the revelation of what those literal things mean symbolically. And when we get into this ideology or this, this uh, insight uh, or, or, or this becoming ingrained into what the truth is, uh, we begin to, to understand when, when it is written in the Old Testament that, uh, that Jesus Christ would come and he would speak parables and, and that he would reveal uh, mysteries, lost mysteries uh, that, that had not been revealed since the foundations of the earth. And, and uh, so we know that there was a selectiveness there, that he spoke to certain people uh, the deep word, the hundredfold revelation. But to other people, he spoke the thirtyfold word or sometimes the sixtyfold word. And those were often spoken in parables and symbols. When you go into the book of Revelation, you just have all kinds of instances. In, in, in the seventh chapter of, uh, of the book of uh, Revelations, it talks about, you know, the, the uh, 12 tribes of Israel. And it talks about, you know, that how there is the exact same number for every one of those tribes that are in, considered in the overcoming, that are to be, or let me say, that are to be sealed, you know. And, and so there ends up being, you know, uh, you know 12 of those uh, 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 tribes, and then of every 12, of every one of the 12, you know, there's 12,000 sealed. So when you take the 12 times time 12, you get 144. And then when you do all the right uh, 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 scripture interpretation, you end up with 144,000. So, so, uh, so the, you, you've got, you know, uh, 12,000. And, and so then when you multiply 12,000 times 12,000, you get 144,000. And it's, it's not complicated. But, but then to understand what that means is so interesting because it gives the description of the furlines, furlines uh, of the, the measurement of the walls. And when you actually take the measurement of the walls, you end up getting this 144,000. And so that symbolically speaking, uh, the, these holy walls uh, sitting on the, the, the 12 foundations uh, be, become uh, a, a symbolism of something different and or in addition to what just the city itself, rec uh, you know, what the city itself represents. 
And so that is so incredibly important. Uh, in the 17th chapter, 15th verse of Revelations, it talks about uh, an interpretation. It says, what are the waters? And, and that the woman sitteth on it. And, and it says that the, woman, the waters represent, they're symbolic of people, nations, kindred, tongues. And there is just one example after that, after another, in which the um, statement of, uh, of, of literal sounding things is made made, uh, but they become symbolic of something vastly more important because, you know, you, you have the physical body interpretation, but then you need the spirit interpretation because man is both body and spirit, you know, and that is so important to understand. Uh, if we don't get into the understanding of the spirit, the spiritual aspect of interpretation and translation, then what happens, and it's a problem out there with the majority of the churches, is people begin to interpret things that they read in the Bible to be literal on the physical side. And though there is an aspect of that literal physical representation, um, you do not get the whole meaning of it or the, or the deep meaning of it. Uh, you are only getting a partial of it. And so you get a 30-fold or a 60-fold, but you do not get the 100-fold. If you don't get the 100-fold, then you can't possibly really understand what the message is. And that is extremely sad. That is extremely sad. So, so uh, uh, we, we want to, to you know, get the seed into the barn. Uh, we we want to get the revelation of the vine. We want to get the revelation of the fig tree. We want to get the revelation of the pomegranate. We want to get the, uh, the revelation of the olive tree. And we want them to come into the blessings that have been promised. So that in the blessings that have been promised, uh, you can come into the seership of, of the divine truth of God. So um, I, I hope that you've got that point, And I hope that it's... Uh, uh, you know, come home with you because uh, one of those um, the seeds that need to go into the barn uh, is the pomegranate. And we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, the pomegranate today and, and its message because it does have a message. Now, um, I, you know, uh, have asked for there to be, you know, um, at least 20,000 people uh, that would that would get on my pomegranate blog and that would sign on on that before I will give all of the revelation. Uh, I'm going to give some revelation that actually is a part of that uh, 20,000 pomegranate revelation, but I'm not going to give uh, some of the most uh, eloquent and, and awesome uh, parts of it until one day that we do have that 20,000 people signed on it. So I, I hope that there's none of you that are neglecting uh, to get on the uh, the manifest page and and to get that uh, you know signed on to you just watch and it flashes up says pomegranate put your clicker on it and go to it go down to the bottom of it and sign on because uh, we're you know we need this happening happening to occur because it's you know it is it is needed and it's the plan of God praise the name of God okay so, now, <clears throat> there would seem to be uh, uh, conflicts and contradictory things in the Bible. 
And in fact, indeed, there are conflicts and contradictory things in the Bible if you do not know the interpretation. So only by knowing the interpretation can you resolve the conflict and turn it into uh, the revelation and what the truth really is. So, So we know that this thing about the age of the earth uh, and the and the timing of the coming of the of Jesus and the timing of the so-called end of the world and and the timing of the you know the rapture if you want to call it that which means to be heaved up to be taken up and um, uh, all all of those those meanings um, we 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 can read in Psalm seventy eight sixty nine and it talks about the earth being forever. Other scriptures talk about the earth being able to renew itself. And and the one scripture that I've shared with you before talks about uh, the earth becoming like a cloth and it getting old and older and older and, and folding up and and uh, just becoming, you know, really anciently old. Uh, and And so we get the idea that the earth is going to be around for an awful long period of time. Well, uh, uh, scientifically, they say based on checking, uh, you know, the um, uh, the magnetic uh, influx of the sun and and the changes that are occurring in the sun as the sun ages, the the sun is said to be around four and uh, four and a half to uh, five billion years old, and they expect it to live another, uh, uh, you know, uh, another. 5 billion years, become at least 10 billion years before it becomes a supernova. Uh, but even during the interim period of time, uh, there, there will become an expansion of the heat of the sun uh, as certain nuclear changes take place uh, in its interior. So they say that as far as the Earth is concerned, that the Earth has approximately a one and a half to two billion years left uh, that it could remain as a livable planet. Uh, that's no guarantee that it will last for one and a half or two billion years, but that is a long, long time. And uh, we know that originally that the plan was that the the Elohim, the angels would come down and uh, they would... Um, they would share with the with the people. Uh, they they would they would share their creative powers on the earth. They would spirit creation, and they would ultimately bring to the earth uh, creations that uh, could eventually uh, have a promise of becoming a soul spirit uh, if they were able to overcome. Now, of course, a lot of people believe that. When the scripture says, in the beginning, God, uh, capital G, created the heavens and the earth, uh, that, that that was just the eknad, the, the one God. But even the word eknad, uh, eknad, eknad can mean more than one uh, word or more than one meaning of the word. And uh, we see that, uh, for instance, um, that, you know, when they, they used the term in uh, Genesis and the scripture, some a lot of scholars, uh, you know, they say that uh, because that the opening verse of Genesis is bara, which means he created, singular, 
then the opening verse of Genesis clearly speaks of a singular singular God. And that's the point they use to say why that it has to be a singular. But the fact of the matter is that does not follow the case in the Bible. Uh, for instance, in Exodus 20, verse 3, thou shalt have no other gods, G-O-D-S. Same word, Elohim, is used there for gods and uh, and um, uh, you know the use of the uh, uh, of the the plural does not in that case uh, you know uh, prove it to be singular instead of uh, of of plural name and there are just many 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 other uh, uses uh, you know uh, besides Exodus uh, three. Um, Ex, uh, Genesis 20:13. It came to pass when God, uh, Elohim, caused me to wonder. Literally, it should be in, translated, "They caused me to wonder from my father's house." Now, this is a very, very important revelation right there too, in which originally we came from the father's house, and Jesus said in, in John 14, uh, 1 through 6, you know. Um, I, that he was going away to the Father's house to prepare a place for us. And then uh, in Genesis 35, 7, it says, Because uh, their God, uh, Elohim, appeared unto him, but literally it translates, they, they appeared unto him. So they made it into a singular, you know, a verb uh, and singular uh, uh, usage, Sing, sometimes singular pronouns, uh, when in fact it actually uh, was plural. And so um, uh, there is just one scripture after another in which the plural form uh, Elohim, uh, you know, uh, is, is um, clearly backed up uh, in such a way that it, it obviously is plural. And... Um, like in Genesis one twenty six, when it says, "And God Elohim said, Let us make man in our image and after our likeness." God let us. They got both the singular and the and the and the plural in there, uh, translated from the, of the word Elohim. That is why the Holy Manifest in the Bible translation uses the word manifold, because you have the singular singular mention and the plural at the same time. So then, in the beginning you know, the manifold God uh, began to create the heavens and the earth. You have the story, of course, of, of, of both, and that is the true subject because these people went out not on their own, or these angels went out not on their own, but they went out with, with God in them. I shared, you know, uh, this last week with you, but it's just so important. We, we have to keep at it because of all the things that we need to say. Praise be the name of the Lord. So, in uh, Psalm seventy sixty nine, where it says the earth is forever, uh, you know, basically what we're meaning there when it says forever, it means, you know, uh, an age of time uh, 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 that has a vanishing point. And what that means is the, the distance of time, the extent of time is so great, is so very, very great that the, the, the uh, mind of humankind um, cannot fathom, they cannot put it together as to what that extent of time is. So it, it, 
in far as their mind is concerned, there is no end because they can't consciously create a, a date. They can't consciously create a date because it, the, the extent is is so great. And and um, so uh, when you begin to understand that, uh, we 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 get into this thing of the understanding of time. But the Earth is going to, you know, at at some. Uh, uh, point come together and and uh, and you know uh, nevertheless the Bible does tell us uh, you know that that as long as the as as the sun shines and there is a day and a night and, and that there will always be seed time and there will be always be uh, winters and falls and and summers and and uh that there will always be you know the water the seas to water the earth uh it it tells us that so so we know that that if there ever comes a time when there is no longer sunlight because it it says as long as the earth shines you're going to have that you long as it's the earth is to exist. You're going to have this sunshine. But yet, the Bible tells us something different in the New Testament. It tells us that in Revelations that there is going to be a time when the, the, the earth will not receive sun anymore. Um, uh, there will be no light. Well, or that's not 100% correct to put it that way. I should say there's going to be a time when the people who have been depending on the light of the earth will not depend on it anymore because, you know, uh, there'll be a new kind of light in a new kind of place. And uh, so, you know, we want to get into that and open that all up because it's just so very, very important. Uh, for instance, uh, if we would look at Second Peter 3.10, that really is uh, an incredible definition of what really is going to happen. And it is scary. There is no time, no, no doubt about that. It is scary. Uh, so let's look at um, uh, the the book of of um, of Peter and Second Peter, and let's look at chapter one. And how did they get some of this information? Well, according to um, chapter one. Of verse um, 18, and this voice which we heard from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. And therefore we have, and I add the word therefore because that uh, is an insinuation here, therefore we have a more sure word, word of prophecy, whereupon you do well to take heed. So he's saying, we can tell you things because we were on the mount and we received uh, some revelation that could only be be received in um, in such a way. So it is so important then for God's people to come to the to the understanding. Uh, and as I'm going to read to you in in chapter three, I just that that I read to you was chapter one, verse eighteen. Now in chapter three, let's look at. Um, at uh, verse 10, chapter 3, verse 10, okay? 
But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. Now the day of the Lord is going to come. Now, what do we mean by that? Well, it means that that the Lord is coming and there's going to be a judgment and there's also going to be a rapture. And in verse 4, this is the very thing that's going on right now. People are saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And then it says, for, but this is the thing, they are willingly ignorant that by the word of God the heavens were of old. Now one of the things it says that's wrong with, with the people who are believing in the coming of Jesus Christ it's the reason they cannot understand the length of time that it's taking is because they have the lack of knowledge as to the age of the earth. And ha not having the understanding of the age of the earth or of the longevity of time that is involved with this whole thing about the coming, they do not have the truth, they do not have the knowledge, they do not have the wisdom, therefore, they are making statements of wonder in their minds and in their hearts as why is God putting off his coming? And as I've explained to you before, there's even been people that have tried to sabotage the Muslim temple over in the Israel uh, because they thought they could help, help God uh, fulfill the, the scriptures that were necessary so that the rapture could come. And, and, and what the Bible says is that's just ignorance. That's just plain, absolutely ignorant. For it says, uh, and it says they're willingly ignorant. There are people who believe what they believe about the rapture because they want to believe that. I was reading the other day uh, someone interpreting a scripture uh, out of Revelations, and they put into it that, uh, and, and God is going to rapture us uh, from all harm uh, and, and uh, from, from any dangers. Uh, and, um, uh, and that wasn't even in the scripture that they gave, that they quoted. They added that because they are willingly, willingly ignorant. They, they want to believe this way that they believe, and the people that are listening want to hear it said that way so that they can think and they can believe that uh, they're, they're going to be saved from any harm that's going to come. They're not going to have to go through any tribulation. Uh, they're not going to have to fulfill other parts of the scripture that tell about all of these tragic things and, and uh, that are coming. So they want to believe that way, and they willingly are ignorant. So we're dealing with a bunch of people out there in the millions that are willingly ignorant because they don't want to believe the long term of the Bible. And yet the Bible says it right here. It says, uh, you know, people are saying, uh, uh, saying, where is the promise of the coming of the Lord? You know, where is that promise? And, and uh, you know, because it says things just keep on going the same way. What's going on? But it says they're willingly ignorant of this. For by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out, and in the, uh, standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that uh, then was being overflowed uh, uh, with water perished. 
But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word kept in store, uh, uh, reserved. And what's it reserved for? This world that's been reserved is reserved for the fire that's going to come. It's reserved for the fire that's going to come on the day of judgment and perdition of evil persons. And then he goes on to say, look, your, your math is all off. Your timing is all off. Don't you understand that a yom, a day, with God is a thousand years, his, his bookkeeping is totally different than humans? That we are talking a thousand years, and, and what did that thousand years mean? Well, that's the other thing that people miss. They, 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 they totally missed, you know, and, and I've preached this and preached this and preached this, and I know there's just people just seem to have a hard time accepting it, and it's because they are willingly ignorant. They're willingly ignorant of the time. Absolutely. And, 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 and in Psalms 90, verse 4, what does it say? A thousand years in thy sight are but as yesterday when it is past. I said the same thing that Peter said. And then what is, what is the context of that verse? You come down to verse 9. For our days are passed away in wrath, and we spend our years as a tale that is told. And then it goes on and says, The days of our years are threescore years and ten. That's seventy. And if by reason of strength they, if by reason of strength they are fourscore, that's, that's, that's eighty. Then, you know, but soon we're cut off and we fly away. Now, it given, it's given us there a life average, not when you have children uh, average, your age average when you have children, but the average life of, of, of a human. That doesn't mean there aren't some people that live even 100 years, but, but this 70 to 80 years is an average lifetime. Then when you, you get over in, to, to, um, to, to Psalms, um, you know, um, you know, and, and we, we get to Psalms 105, it just knocks the socks off people. It just, it's just hard for them to see it, hard for them to believe it. But here's what it says in Psalms 105, uh, verse 8, He hath remembered this covenant forever, the word which he commanded to a thousand generations. He commanded it. Which covenant he made with Abraham, his oath unto Isaac, and he confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law, and to Israel for an everlasting covenant. So if we've got the generations of the average life in 90th Psalms of being 70 to 80, and then we, we see that the promise is a thousand generations, then you take a thousand times 70 or a thousand times 80 and you get 70,000 years and you get 80,000 years. And then in the book of, 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 um, uh, of Galatians, I think it's the fourth uh, chapter, it says that the covenant God made with Abraham cannot be disannulled. It can't be broken. So we know that it's continuing on even in our time right now. So what it basically is saying is there is, you know, time is going to go on and, and there's a point at which it describes it in the book of Daniel as uh, 12th chapter as, as from that point, th that being put into effect. And, and so 
ladies and gentlemen, you know, people are talking about the end of the world. They, they think this is all going to happen now. You know, uh, just, and I'm going to say this, and then we're going to take a break. Um, uh, just recently I read where there was a couple people that had these dreams, and they dreamed that because of this thing in Syria, uh, that that was going to cause uh, the World War III. And, um, and of course, they had those dreams, and they said those things, and then there was a bunch of preachers came in, and they said, oh, yeah, we verify that. We do believe that that will, that will cause this, this, the war uh, with, with uh, Syria will, will cause uh, the World War III and, and the coming of Christ. Well, you know, uh, I have a prophecy that says, no, that's false. I have a prophecy that says that there's not going to be any World War III, uh, you know, before the year 2020. And, 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 uh, and so I know there's people say, oh, no, I, uh, I can't accept that. Well, I'm going to tell you, you're just being willingly ignorant, and that's what's happening to you. And you're, you're caught up in that, that willingness of being ignorant, and, and you, are, uh, you are believing a lie, and the Bible says there's damnation in believing a lie. So I want you to listen to me today as I really get into this and I begin to show you the, this revelation uh, uh, of, the, of the pomegranate and of the bells and, and of things that people have not even imagined. Okay, we're taking a break right now, Janet Lee.
Thank you, Janet Lee. And hello again, everybody out there. So here we go. Uh, we're back into uh, the book of uh, Peter and uh, the, the um, 2 Peter, chapter 3. And we're reading this thing about the coming and about how that the heavens and the earth are kept in store uh, for the fire against the day of judgment, verse 7. And the timing of the coming of Christ is quite often through the Bible paralleled with the judgment that's coming on the world. Now, the reason for this is that, is that Christ is coming, and he is coming uh, with his angels, and they're going to take away, they're going to rapture the people before this destruction falls upon the earth. And, and, and we're going to see the extent of the destruction that is coming upon the earth and what it's going to do to the earth. Okay? So um, it, it says right here, uh, and let's read it, in the 10th verse of the third uh, chapter of Second Peter. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, now, what does it mean he will come as a thief in the night? It means that people will not be expecting the coming of Christ. Well, that's certainly not the way it is right now, is it? I mean, the majority of all the Christian world, and even people out there that aren't, that aren't really Christians, do believe, uh, even in other faith, in other kinds of, like Islam and, and, and Hindi, there are, there are people that have a, a belief about a coming of, of their Lord. And, and, and a lot of people all around the world, you know, quite a large percentage of people, uh, believe that uh, the end of the world is going to happen in their time. I think that's like 70% of the people, uh, you know, like uh, in the United States believe that. So uh, people are expecting the end of the world and the coming of Christ. But this isn't prevalent in the sense of what this scripture is saying, which is said he's going to come like a thief in the night because in that day when Jesus really comes is not the day that people are going to be expecting him to come. It's not going to be the way that they expect him to come or the how that they expect him to come. And so they not only are ignorantly being well, ignorantly being uh, ignorant, they are willingly being ignorant of the timing, of the mystery of the time, of the age of the earth. They're missing it. They are missing this revelation of the thousand generations. Why the thousand generations? Because all the people of this earth are the fallen angels. And, and the Bible says the race is not to the swift or the strong, you know, but it's, it, it's, it's all accorded to a time and a chance. So everybody is going to get the time that they need. Everybody is going to get the opportunity that they need. And if, if they are aborted and they didn't get their time, they're going to get their time. Jeremiah 31, I believe it is 15, tells us that story. That the, that the, the children, the infants that were assassinated by Herod the king, uh, that they're going to be born again, they're going to be alive on the earth. They're going to come back in bodies. Uh, they're, they're going to come to the land of the enemy, which was Rome at the time. So I want you to hear, and I want you to know that the Bible is an incredible book. But people are missing the incredibility of it. 
And so there's going to be a time, you know, uh, that the Lord comes, but it'll be like a thief in the night because they'll not be expecting him. So it's going to be a long time up the road. And the Bible says, the heavens shall pass away. Great noise. That's talking about, ladies and gentlemen, all of the, the, the atmospheres above the earth. The firmament in the, in the book of Revelation uh, and in the book of, of uh, Genesis is, is, is spoken of. It's also spoken of in the book of Ezekiel. And it represents the atmosphere and the air that we breathe and then the other, other um, you know, uh, various kinds of levels environmental levels of atmospheres above that. They are all going to burn up. What does that mean? If they burn up, ladies and gentlemen, that means there's no oxygen left to breathe. No oxygen left to breathe. Now, the coming of the Lord is going to have to happen before then because the Bible says that there's going to be a meeting in the air. There's going to be oxygen. And so this meeting in the air is going to happen before all of the oxygen of the air is burned up and, ex and ha there is no breath, no, no breathing uh, because the, the breath of oxygen is evaporated. That's the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. It says the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat the earth also, and the works therein, shall be burned up. We're going to have a new earth. Some people say, well, he's going to make this earth new. No, that's not what the scripture is talking about. <laughs> that's not what the scripture is talking about. We're going to have a new earth and a new heaven. And it's described in John chapter 14. I go away to prepare a place for you that where I am you may be also. In my Father's house are many mansions. That is the new earth. After all, the word earth just means terra firma. It means land, you know. And our particular earth was a paradise because it had oxygen and it had water. But the Bible says that there's going to be no more sea. So, Let's take a look at that, uh, you know, and let's just see, you know, what, what, the, what the Bible does say about that, because uh, let's go to, go to um, the book of Revelations now. And I want to share some things with you here. And I want you to I want you to I want you to get this message. You know, I, I, I want you to really get this message and, and uh it's uh you know um it's frustrating to to um to have not enough time to preach the whole message, but I've decided no matter what I'm not gonna rush it. If we if it takes us three or four or five uh teachings before I can get into all this revelation, then that's just what it'll have to be. You know, it, it, it will, it will, it will have, to, have to be that kind of a revelation. And we will get into it, and we will 
teach it because God wants this word to get out. God wants this word to get out. He wants it to be heard. He wants it to be believed. And and we we have we've we've got to get into it. We've got to we've got to see this truth so that uh, you know pe- people will be, will be able to have uh, you know the kind of faith that they need to be to identify to, uh, which is a substance, and and uh, get into this substance and just you know be filled with the power of God uh, in the way of faith substance and being able to know these things that you have not been able to know before. Okay, so in the book of Genesis, and pardon me, in the book of Revelations, um, it tells us that um, that there's going to be um, chapter uh, 22, verse 1, he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God, out of the Lamb, and in the midst of the street, of it on either side of it there was a there was a tree of life which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her her fruit every month and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations now this thing here where we have the healing of the nations that that word is very broad when you take it from the greek and uh, and it basically means people and in the the old testament in the book of genesis it tells us that God spoke to to Jacob and he said, your name is not going to be called Jacob anymore. It's going to be called Israel. And he says, out of you are going to come uh, nations, are going to come nations. And that word nations can also mean any place where there are people because the idea of nations has one meaning, but it also has within it the meaning that is people if if you don't if you you have like the land uh that is called uh uh you know united states but there's not a single solitary person in it then you know uh it's it's land and it's a nation where once it's a place of a nation uh but it's not really a nation because a nation really means the people just like the misunderstanding of the word church, where church really means the people. It doesn't mean the building. But people have gotten so carried away with, with, with the name that they think that the building, and they, wanna, they want to make the most beautiful temple in the world, and I'm not saying anything against that, but, but if you get the idea that the church is the temple and how, how beautiful it is and how massive it is, that's what really makes it the temple or makes it the church, then you're wrong. <coughs> excuse me, it's the people that are the church. So then when we give it these names like a building or a temple or we call it a, a nation, uh, you know, we're really talking about the people and the collection of the people. So um, when the Bible tells us in the 51st chapter of, of, of uh, the book of Isaiah that from the foundations of the earth we're going to be launched out into space and we're going to plant the heavens going to plant the heavens and we it's talking about planets of uh, people living on planets so so it's just as easy to understand the interpretation of this scripture here that says uh the healing of the nations being the healing of the planets some say well what would there to be uh, and that need to be healed on the planets well there'd be the the healing of the soil 
there would be the healing of the of, of the of of air to breathe uh of whatever kind of gases were there there'd be the the healing of the waters whatever kind of waters were there uh those would have to all be healed uh to be uh brought forth in the way that they need to be brought forth now we we see here that in the midst of the street of of it chapter 22 verse 2 on either side of the river was there the tree of life so we got we got a river on uh, going down the middle and we got a tree of life on either side wow now now there's more in the midst of the street of it in the midst of the street and on either side of the river so now you've got a tree of life in the midst of the street and you've got a tree of life on one side of the river and you've got a tree of the life on the other side of the river. So there's a revelation there, ladies and gentlemen, about the tree of life and about it in the 30-fold, 60-fold, and the 100-fold. Now some of these by the side of the rivers are blessed because it talks about, you know, being planted as a tree by the, by the river and, and, and it becomes a mighty tree. But it's not the same and it's not as powerful as being right in the middle of the street. The street that goes to the throne of God. The river that comes out of the throne of God is like the word being preached. And the word has to become flesh. But that's not the highest river. Even the name of Jesus Christ is beautiful and as great as that is, the Bible says he's going to be given a new name. One day he will not be called Savior anymore because all the people that need to be saved will be saved. And so that 70, 80,000 years, all the people that need to be regenerated, given their opportunity to be regenerated for, for salvation and to be re returned, restored to their angelship, will have been finished. And it will become a time for a new creation to begin. Which was the original plan for the angels coming and creating life on earth, but instead they fell into matter and took human bodies. So what is the story here? What is the message? Well, there's this, there's this revelation about the pomegranates. And there are so many scriptures about that. It's, we're just given all these scriptures and these teachings about the pomegranates. And we, I read you that scripture in Haggai, how that, that that seed needs to be put into the barn. It, it, needs to be, it needs to be brought about. Well, look at all these scriptures about pomegranates. Exodus 28, 33 through 34. Exodus 39, 24 through 25. Now, let me just read a little bit of that real fast. 
Exodus 24, okay? Here's, here's, here's what it says. Um, well, I guess, um, let's go to, I'm sorry, but let's go to Exodus 39. Um, let's, let's, let's read that because it's really, really neat. And this would be, um, we would find this in the uh, beginning with the, um, the 24th verse. That's where the 24 comes in. And they made upon the hems of the robe pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet and we twined linen. And they made upon the hems of the robe pomegranates of blue and purple and scarlet and winged, or pardon me, twined uh, linen. Now, what we find out as we, we read this, which is really, really important, is there's got to be some reason why on this ephod, at the, at the hem of it, which in another uh, scripture in the Old Testament, it calls it the fringe, because hem and fringe actually do mean the same thing. And so we got the word fringe, and then, as I've explained to you in the past, when you actually look up the word fringe, you end up getting the word, uh, when it is transliterated, you get the word zith. And I've showed you how that, that works, the 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 the, the uh, tzizith, the tzizith uh, becomes the zith uh, in transliteration of English. <clears throat> now, um, some would spell that and pronounce that a little differently than I do, but my spelling and and uh, and revelation is uh, Holy Spirit contextual, and uh, so that's why we're you know we are showing it that way. So there are these bills. And there are these, you know, they made bells of pure gold, verse 25, and put the bells between the pomegranates upon the hem of the robe and around about between the pomegranates and a bell and a pomegranate, a bell and a pomegranate around about the hem of the robe to minister as the Lord commanded. And then as you read and as you you study more about this. There is a a, a twine, and and this twine um, has a a line in it of blue. And so all of these things, like the bells, like the pomegranates, like the blue twine, they all have symbolic meaning. Now, let's, let's, take, let's take the bells. When I first had a vision of the, what was then called the flying saucers, the UFOs, before I even had the full revelation of the Zith, I saw it where it come up, it looked like a, like a bell. And then as it would begin to speed at great speeds, it would flatten out and look like a disc. Well, all of these golden bells that you see there represent the ziths. And 
next week I'm going to give you all the scriptures for this because we won't have time today. And I'm going to show this to you. And I'm going to show you how that these bells, that they were so perfectly harmonically tuned that they sounded like the voice of an angel or voices of angels. Now, already in Australia, some of the aerospace engineers have come up with bell shaping to the point that they can match the harmonics and sequences of the human voice with a true pitch and pleasing sound. Now the Bible tells us in the book of Corinthians, it tells us about the voices of the angels, being able to speak with the voices of angels. People have not understood that. I've had people say, hey, how does this work, this thing of the voices of angels? Well, we want to get the seed in the barn. We want to get this knowledge into you. That these, that these meanings of the, of the blue line represent the heavens above planets, the heavens of space. And, and so, so that is, that is, that is a, a fulfillment of Psalms 19, which it says that the, that the sound would go out or that the line would go out. And there would be no place in all of the universe that the line had not gone. And in Romans 10, it was translated to say the sound would go out. And there would be no place that the word, the message of that sound line, the soundtron would, would not go. And no matter what language, no matter where, what place, everybody would hear this message and they would be without excuse. Well, this thing of the pomegranates, this pomegranate, this wondrous fruit, in the book of Deuteronomy, I'll be giving you scriptures for all of this next week, it was one of the seven fruits that was, that was promised to the people when they went to the promised land. It's such an important fruit. Do you know that, that it has something in it that when you partake of that fruit and drink of its juices, that can clear all of the, the junk out of your veins. That hardening of the arteries can be eliminated by drinking this fruit. It's an incredible fruit. And what does it stand for, all these unusual seeds, the way they are inside uh, of, of, of the skin? Well, it stands, ladies and gentlemen, for the planets. And the seeds stand for the people that are to be planted on those, that are to be planted on those planets. And when it talks about the fruit of the, of the tree of life in all these three different locations, what is it talking about? Well, people just don't get it. They don't understand the, the whole story and how that 
in Deuteronomy 28.4, it talks about the fruit of our body. That's a fruit, the fruit of the humans. And the first thing that God said in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 22, be fruitful and multiply. And we know in the Bible, symbolically speaking, that trees often represent people. And I gave you that scripture uh, I told you about Jacob to Israel and many nations, which can easily mean many, many planets. Genesis 35, 9 through 11. And we know that in this scripture we've been reading to you out of, out of Revelations 22, that verse 2 says the fruit every month. There's 12 months in a year. There's going to be fruit every month. There's three different kinds of, of, of locations in the middle of the, of, the, of the street and on either side of the river. And it's for the healing of the nations. It's for the healing of the planets. Go ye into all the world. People don't understand the mystery of, of, of the time. They just don't understand it. They don't understand how that in Genesis it said very clearly that the, that the sun, the light that would be created, which is a star. So therefore meaning that the star, the star would be for signs and, and seasons and for time. Let them be for signs, for seasons, and for days and for years. And when we go through this, and I, I've, I've shared this with you, but we'll do it really get into it next week. It's going to get into this thing about how that every yom was not a 24-hour period, but the beginning and ending, the day and the night, just representing, you know, the, the beginning of that generation and the ending of that generation, generation age. So then in chapter 2 of, Gen of, of the book of Genesis, <clears throat> after collectively, collectively giving all of the seven days, in the fourth verse of the second chapter, it says, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made them. So that these earth, earth days were generations. And according to star time, star time begins with a billion years. That's how you talk about star time. So we're talking billions of years that went by. Someone say, why does God need that? Why does God even need a 24-hour day? Why can't it just all be instant? Because there is a total plan for all this bringing forth of the time. And if I have opportunity, I'll, I'll share that with you too. But the Bible says that tongues of the angels are something that we can have. 1 Corinthians 13.1. The Bible speaks about the, the angels on the head of the woman. Don't people understand it's talking about the woman representing the people? Like the bride of Christ? Don't they understand that that can be the church, that can be the nations, that can be the planets? And there's a revelation 
about these angels on the head. Oh, I know they got it all figured out that that somehow represents the man. And, and you know, if you want to put one side of that that way, you can. But even in the prayer shawl with its fringes and called the little tent is an example of the Ziths. And it's all through the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. But people have missed it, symbolically speaking, because they have translated all literal. They have missed the mystery of the angels on the head of the woman. They have missed the mystery of the tongues of angels. They have missed the mystery of the the Ziths, how that it was a Zith that came down and appeared to Moses in the burning bush. And, and the same language, the same language that it uses talking about the fringes, how that it's a, like a wing, it also uses in referring to, to the Ziths. To the fringe. They're connected. The meanings are connected. It's the same language. It is utterly, awesomely incredible. The bells of time are ringing. I wrote that song called that a long time ago. The bells of time are ringing. Yes, they are. And it's time to get the seeds of the pomegranate and the olive tree of the figs into the barn. It's time to get into this revelation. And, and it's time to stop being willingly ignorant of this great expanse of time. People can't even do the right thing spiritually. They are so confused. I want to get into this revelation of the word rib band. You have 12 ribs on each side of your body. That equals 24. And then there are the, are the 12 tribes, the 12 foundations, the 12 gates. The 12 times 12,000 tribes equaling 144,000. It's all about the universe. Go ye into all the universe and preach the gospel. And the Bible tells us in Revelations, the angels are flying. They're flying in their chariots. And they're preaching the everlasting gospel. Oh, my dear friend, the pomegranates that went upon the pillars of Boaz and Jachin, there's a message. When it talks about the network, it's talking about 
the lattice. It's talking about latolution. When in 1 Kings 7 and 15, it talks about a line of 12 cubits did come past either of them, speaking of the pillars. Wow. Talks about, and the nets of checker work, the wreaths of chain work. It's all talking about this Latolution revelation. It's all right there. It's part of this vast revelation. Babylon wants to come and destroy all of this work that Solomon made. And they did. And they took it away and they interpreted it. Interpreted the silver and the gold that was in all of these items as money. The love of money. They didn't see the incredible meaning that has to do with every one of your souls. Every one of your spirits, every one of your beings. They missed that. They just saw the money. And they tore the revelation all apart. That Solomon, who was given the gift of wisdom, had made. And these bills that Moses had made with gold. You can know that people took that and they destroyed those revelations. So when the Bible would talk about tongues of angels and angels upon the head of the, of the woman, of the woman, representing collectively, pluralistically, the fruits of humans, the fruits of the bodies of humans to bring forth bodies for souls. It's been missed. It's been lost. My God have mercy. God is opening to us the vanishing point. He's speaking from out of heaven to us. There's a whirl of thoughts that are moving at the speed of light. God has untapped the lost word. And there is a spinning and a weaving of the letters of the words of God being unfolding. Being unfolded. It is truly the time of the cooing of the doves. It is truly the time for the throne of glory and the thrones of glory that are riding in our skies with the angels preaching the everlasting gospel. The bells of time, sort of almost like that song, the bells of St. Mary are calling to hear the real story of the bells, to hear these bells that Aaron wore, that as he walked would 
chime, the voice of angels. And what did those angels say as he was walking toward the Holy of Holies? Well, God have us, give us time. We want to tell you all these incredible revelations. We want to stir your imagination beyond anything that it has ever known. Because this is the day that the Lord has made. He is opening a thousand locked doors. And the voice of the Soundron is flying on the cherub, on the wings of the wind. May God bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you. For the Lord surely loves you. God bless you.